you know, so I, I talk about you know you want to be you want to be uh, consistent and 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 cons- um, constant ish. Mm. So sometimes, <laughs> you, sometimes you just ish it. You know, it goes back That's to the diet. You know, awesome. so people do you, you, you do you're really good for five days. You have a blowout on a diet or sleep or whatever it may be. Mm. And you kind of go ah, oh, it's all it's all done. <laughs> yeah. I'm, all, I'm over it. Yeah, make that your ish day. This episode of Please Blow My Mind is proudly supported by the lovely team at Sunpix Post. Yes. I've got one of the directors here. Is that correct? That's correct. You're yes. like a boss. I am a boss. Well, Poppy's the boss, really. She's True kind that. of managing the place. For those just watching, uh, the cutest little dog ever. Oh, looked at me on cue. <laughs> Don't bite me. Uh, for those listening, uh, we're in the Sunpix I've called it the Sun Picks Podcast Studio. Yes, and we are we're we're on this mission to create good conversation. Exactly. Yeah. To acknowledge uh, the kind of traditional media, which is telly and radio, but give it a bit of a revamp into this whole podcast world. Exactly. Of, of you know, like in the past, Dan. Um, things cost a lot of money to make yeah now we can talk for hours yes and i think that's what we're both excited about right that's what some picks is excited about yeah like, yeah and the possibilities are endless mm. you know you start one you talk about one um topic and you get different guests in and mm. then they have different ideas and it's all about spreading ideas yep. and making yeah engaging content really and um we should start a uh, like a conference called ted talks ted talks and it's just us <laughs> spreading ideas <laughs> ideas worth sharing i think is their um yeah tagline. it is so anyway we can rip that off one day Uh, just quickly if people want to check out the Sunpix story um, they can jump online they can sunpixpost.co.nz so we're a post-production facility and we basically make content uh, for TV Mm. for web and um, we specialize in finishing so color grading and uh, sound mixing uh, podcast recording voiceover recording awesome yeah we try and do a little bit of everything around here kind of like creative one-stop shop if you need to get yes, your message out there, true. Yeah. come and uh, leave. Come the and visit Poppy. She's here. She's an office <laughs> dog and she will probably bark at you as you walk in. Yay. Yeah. Sunpixpost.co.nz. <laughs> this episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming, is brought to you by floatculture.co.nz. Float Culture is Auckland's leading flotation tank center created for the well-being of the body and mind. When you float with folkculture.co.nz, you'll create meaningful and lasting change with mindfulness and complete physical relaxation. Floating will become an integral part of your busy lifestyle. Float Culture is motivated to ensure that the entire experience achieves maximum relaxation, happiness and relief for you. So if you want to be part of the float culture scene in New Zealand, visit floatculture.co.nz to book your float and blow your mind right now. As a very special offer to you, the Please Blow My Mind listener, you'll get 20% off your next float by using the promo code MINDBLOWING, all one word. Visit floatculture.co.nz and book your float today. We live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience. Whether it's looking at our phones too long, forgetting how to talk to someone face to face, or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food. It's not food, it's silence. I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming. Welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. Wade Jackson joins me. How are you, man? Thanks, Will. Good. I was surprised when you said you'd do the podcast. Oh, yeah? No, because like (laughs) everything I've heard about you, because, you know, we talk about people. Yeah. We do talk about people. And um, you were visiting work and you did like a little session for us and it was awesome and mind-blowing. And then I went to us, well, how did he come here? Who knows him? And he's oh, he's busy. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll try and spam email. And you're like, yeah, I'm up for it. And it just goes to show that if you don't ask, you don't receive. Yeah, so true. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I spend a lifetime trying to explain to myself who people are and, and what they do. I don't know how to describe what you do. Do you know how to describe what <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, man, no, it's been a battle over the years. It's been a real battle. What do you put on the uh, boarding pass? Yeah. Oh, I used to have, I have fun with that. Uh, I think on my business card, my official role is uh, in the inside my business is uh, Sexy Monkey Pants. Yeah, that's, that's my that's my official, my official uh, title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's my wife's worst nightmare. People kind of... Um, 
Ah, so what does your husband do? Yeah. Like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so um, what I call myself now is a high-performance coach, mm. and that uh, encapsulates a lot of stuff. So I've got the background in improvised comedy. I've got the background in mind-body health. Yeah. Um, I'm a speaker. I'm a facilitator. I'm a trainer and a coach. So just calling it a high-performance coach makes it easy for me mm. to explain. Are we? Where are we at, man? Because you're obviously dealing with people. Yes. I kind of deal with people, but on a smaller scale. But I guess there's two ways I look at things. One of the ways is it seems like we're just kind of out of control. That we're 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 reaching for kind of this moral compass. You know, I think if I take a guess at it, we got it from religion and faith, and then we kind of went down the science route, which gave us you know the amazing iPhone and all of these cool things. Mm-hmm. Now I start seeing like adverts telling us how to live. And I'm like, ooh, what are we entering into now? You know, like we're looking for this oh, hope or meaning. No, I don't think it's any different from like two, three, four thousand years ago. Right. It's the same thing. You right. know? And now, now because we have uh, technologies helped us give us so much more time, mm. uh, I think we all can play the role of what the philosophers used to do. They, they were the only ones who had the time to sit around and think about what is the meaning of life mm. and all that kind of stuff. And now we can do that. And that's what mm. we're doing. We're, we're playing the role of the modern day philosopher. But, but what about when like an algorithm comes in? And, you know, it's kind of been publicized that Facebook and that their, their KPI was to get our eyeballs on screen and mm-hmm. just to do that. So when you've been given that job, I guess they studied like what makes someone look at it and outrage. We love it, you know, like it or yeah, not. It's yeah. like a thing. Uh but I think the downside is outrage also might makes you exhausted and sad and 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 unhopeful. Um, sure. Yeah. So so that's why it's so interesting. Like you, you get a room full of people now, and I feel like what you're offering is like hope and and like meaning that. Um, that it's all not hopelessness because it just gets confusing. You know? Yeah. Well, our, our company's purpose is meaningful happiness. Mm. That's that's the, the that's our um, purpose for inspired learning, uh, and that's just to help people find that help people find their own meaning in life. Mm. Um, I mean, life has no meaning. You and I didn't decide to be here. We're just here. So yeah. I think it's about what, how you create your own meaning in life and and create it close to what you're passionate and what you're enthusiastic about and mm. and and that will give you meaning and if and it's kind of the difference between you know living i think a lot of people are focused on living the good life yeah. and rather than living a good life yeah i think those two articles are really important ah and the mm. now live, live live a good life rather than live the good the good life well speaking of life um you told us a little bit you know when i was watching you talk about your life and it's just so there's a lot of variety in it and mm. i wonder if you could just kind of do you, did did young wade know what he was destined to do no or he be? still doesn't no, no, no. So this is the thing I don't have a master plan true um, true I've just gone with what I, at the age of about 20 I think I realised I wanted to I was going to sacrifice security for freedom mm. so this just comes down to values um, right, so just let that sink in sacrifice security for freedom yeah so not having the big mortgage hypothetically but living in an awesome uh, other way around, not having a job yeah, and, okay, 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 uh, and okay. Uh, doing what I was passionate about, right. doing, doing what I was excited about. Yeah. So I left uh, left school, went to live in Japan for a year wow. uh, on a student exchange, mm. and I got into. I was already doing martial arts beforehand, but got into a Japanese martial art uh, over there, and um, uh, enjoyed that so much. Came back and did a couple of years of university. Went back to Japan to train martial arts full time. That's where I got two of my three black belts. Um, uh, and that really shaped me. I mean, I, I got to live as a minority and not many Pakyas, you know, six foot two, blonde, blue eyed, straight guys get to live <laughs> yeah. as a minority. Yeah. So that was life changing. Mm. Uh, the martial arts was life changing uh, as well. And then came back, finished my degree and got into, and I was already doing um, at university, I was just doing, so I do comedy, you know, just doing stand up and improv and sketch comedy and um, did my postgrad in drama. And then, um, we went and over did a show in Austin, Texas for our first festival in 97. I already created the Improv Bandits in 97 and um, got to audition for Who's Line. We didn't, didn't actually realize we were good. We were just right. like, we're just doing a little thing in New Zealand, go over there and we're like, oh, we're actually quite good at this. <laughs> and uh, so three of us got to audition. We didn't get the part, but it kind of made me realize, oh, that's what I, where I want to focus. Uh, and then, yeah, so I spent like uh, the first five years on the dole. Um, just being trying to be, you know, being the poor starving actor, awesome. all that kind of stuff, and just doing auditions and and, and doing the comedy and and um, rather than kind of the other, the other improv uh, game in town wouldn't let me play. They would you know, no, doors closed. So mm-hmm. I just said I'll just do my own thing. And mm-hmm. so you know, you stand at the front of your own queue rather than wait in line in someone else's. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, did, did that. It's cool that you kind of reference. Like I don't feel like too many people will say that they were on the dole. 
but it right. was part of the like I think I was on the performing arts. I it was called Pace or something like right. that back then. Right. So it was helping you know performing artists supporting them while they were trying to get work, you know, trying to get gigs and stuff. And yeah. Then there was that whole kind of get your ass off the dole mm. initiative from the government and yeah. I did that. Um, and I realized that I had corporates who would, would, would do corporate shows and still do for um, uh, companies. Mm. And then they were like, oh, this is great. This is, you know, how do you guys, the, the skills that, they, that we would do, they're mm. like, can we, you teach that to us? So I started doing like team building workshops, presentation coaching. And um, it's, just, it's just ironic now that, you know, 20 odd years of doing that, the very skills that I, you know, was poor doing mm. is exactly the skills that business <laughs> needs today. You know, mental, you know, mental flexibility, mm. being able to deal with change, dealing with um, um, ambiguity, uh, resilience, leadership, creativity, all that kind of stuff is mm. what business needs today. And I said, I've had a lifetime of uh, doing it. Yeah, it's like a, you know, we call it the doll, but it was like an OE for you just to explore different things eh? <laughs> well, I was just doing the arts you know it was yeah. just, you know it's just been that that, that, that uh, stereotypical poor starving artist and oh, yeah. I created the I went I went to some people and said look I want to create a home um, a COVID theatre uh, in, in the early like 2001 and um, a couple of businessmen just kind of you know gave me a personal loan and um, I got that up and running and ran that for four years so we had a home for four years and uh, that, but that's when I started getting into the, the, the research and it became very clear to me that I needed to get some science um, mm. from, from the work I was doing because they'd be asking questions like are you a psychologist and how does this work and uh, I'm like I don't know I'm a comedian yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so I had to go and so I got my postgrad in um, mind body health science because um, I was fascinated again with my time in Japan of the role of the mind and the body and how misunderstood um, the concept of mind is. Still, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Even though we're talking about mental health, we're talking about, yeah. you know. Well, the fact that we talk about mental health is separate from physical health. Right. We, uh, you know, it's, there's still a lot of, in, in, the, in the West, there's still a lot of dualistic thinking that mind and body are these two mm. separate things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of cultures never separated those things. Yeah. Um, Maori culture, for example, does not right. separate right. mind body. It's mind body spirit. Mm. Yeah, it's one is one thing, and and far now, and the so and the importance of social network. Did Western culture do that uh, because you you needed to to keep product oh, rolling they, over? They say they, they trace it back to like um, Rene Descartes, you mm. know, who said like I think, therefore I am, and and he was studying um, the body. And uh, the church was very powerful at that time. You know, you can see what happened to Galileo Copernicus when they mm -hmm. were kind of going against the church. So he just studied the body. Uh, and that's why we, they say now we have 400 years later, we have a healthcare system that looks at you as if you're a machine. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got cancer, we'll cut it out or nuke it or replace a part. So it's great for biomechanical illnesses, but mm -hmm. for things like mental health. Uh, you know, we have a healthcare system and then a mental healthcare system. Yeah. Are two separate things. And we just throw drugs at one and then we cut and replace the other one so we need to bring integrate those two systems how do those things come together is it is it things like what we're doing talking about it or does it require kind of like you to manifest your final avengers mode as in politics <laughs> i think it's uh well for me it's just it's just talking you know i work in groups and you know one-on-one -on -one and, and and then you know larger audience with keynotes so it's just really putting that message out there mm. um i just think it's uh important that people realize that you know could, i mean science is great i've got a health science background uh but every 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 body of knowledge has its limitations mm. you know so if um you know, we have like, you know, three or 400 years ago, if you wanted to discredit anything, you just say it was anti-religious, not religious, you know. And now if you want to discredit anything, you just kind of say, you know, oh, it's not scientific, <laughs> you know. But if um, there are things where it's almost like some of the stuff we're going into is a bit of a return to looking at the role of um, the importance of connection, for example, yeah. and our well-being, you know. So we, 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 we're getting there. I think we're getting, it's almost kind of going, I wouldn't say full circle because, um, you know, back in the past it was, you know, it was called the Dark Ages for a reason. Mm. It was, you know, I'm not talking about sacrificing a goat for your, for your well-being <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but it's important that we look at, um, we can't just look at drugs as, it's, it plays a part, it's, it plays mm. an important part, but it's not the only part for our mental well-being. What about like if you talk, you know, on drugs, and I don't want to kind of put anyone on the spot, but I start reading more about this kind of like psychedelic stuff, right? And I'm someone who... <laughs> I was the driver. That was my role. Everyone right. was on mushrooms and yep. I was driving them around. And I don't know why I filled that role. Well, I do know why. It's because I lived out of town and to get to a social life, I had to work years at getting my dad to trust me. And yep. so, you know, I was never going to dabble in that much. But I often wonder if I miss something. If I'm, if 
I wouldn't have started this podcast, for example, because I would have known that, you know, rocket myself and my brain to space or, I you're, don't know. You're talking to the wrong guy, man. I've, <laughs> I've actually never done drugs and okay, that includes sweet. weed. So, um, <laughs> that was when I was, a similar youth experience, when I was going for a grading, when I was like 13 doing a Korean martial art, mm. I had some people who were more senior to me trying to force weed onto me and I was just like, really? no, not for a grading. And um, I actually made the decision, this shows, how, shows my personality, right, how stubborn I can be. But I decided then that I was never going to touch drugs. Mm. And and I haven't, mm. so, no, so I can't so I can't answer that question around <laughs> yeah. psychedelics. I mean, I always think of um, I like to, to get there without. I'm sure you know from what I've read and the, the research and science, so yeah. you know, can open it, uh, open your mind up to those different. Um, uh, you know, the, an, an altered consciousness. But I always think of Steve Tyler's quote from Aerosmith, you know, become a musician who dabbles in, in drugs and you become a drug addict dabbling in music. You know, can go, can go too far. Yeah, man. I had, I had a friend who actually died, a drug overdose, um, on mushrooms trying to expand her consciousness. So, really? Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's the so thing, right? That's the, that's the risk. I kind of go, hmm, yeah. is it worth that? Yeah, no, 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 no. And I think that's where I'm that but you know reference at the start we're in this world now where people we're looking everywhere we're all connected mm. everyone's ideas you know like flat earth for example comes up more often than not on the podcast and um it's like there's communities and they're not all well they're not doing anything bad uh, well they're hanging out together you know they're talking about stuff and you know it's like i don't know why i brought that up but i guess it's there, there's a lot going on and and i start wondering you know caveman days what did we know we knew probably a little bit about food and fire and preparation and then you kind of like skip forward to all of these scientific breakthroughs and philosophical things and um would it be fair to say that's the like you're dabbling in trying to understand what makes us tick i think this is the existential angst for every human being mm. who's walked the planet you mm. know it's just kind of like what is the meaning of life this is the big question who am i and what's the meaning of life mm. and we spend a lot of our days trying to answer that i think that um uh, you know that that not having an answer, not being able to have the tools and strategies, which is what I try and provide, mm, mm. is uh, can contribute to this feeling of you know this lack of connection and this and uh, to our depression rates and to our mental health because mm. we just kind of I mean we're getting more and more uh, digitally connected, but actually more and more isolated. Yeah. So we have I mean isolation is you know, loneliness is you can be socially isolated you can be emotionally isolated so you can have a lot of social friends but not really feel connected mm. or you can have very small friends and, and, and actually just you know think oh I don't have any friends so this loneliness has got to be you know it can be different things to different people yeah I saw a, a YouTuber who I watch how many stories start like that these days uh, talking about that social media and that kind of took over that you know second layer of friends acquaintances mm. and they were the ones that you kind of like um if you were lucky for chemistry to do its thing, they were your partner. Right. And now they, it's just your inner in group of friends. And so where are you finding your, your people to hang out with? You know, the, yeah, I, just, I think technology gets a bad rap and I certainly talk, talk about the perils of it, but mm. it's, it's, it's not, it's like food. Not all foods created equal, not all, social media and, 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 and being on technology is yep. created equal you know if you're, you're learning a language or listening to the podcast mm. or educating yourself if you're actually getting connected to people via technology mm. then that's a positive thing but if you're just kind of you know snacking going through your feed on Instagram and Facebook and mm. that's that's junk uh, social media so yeah. there's a difference between healthy social media and, and junk social media and, and unfortunately from what we're starting to see through the the, the, the research the stats is there's a lot of unhealthy um, social media yeah what's it like knowing this information and then having to kind of live up to that like you know there's certain things we know we should do for ourselves yeah because um, it's one yeah. thing to know and one thing to do oh, how totally are you am. with like implement, implementing ideas and stuff into your life yeah so I kind of had my uh, breakthrough slash breakdown yeah. um, <laughs> what do you would call it yeah. um, uh, um, come to Jesus moment <laughs> uh, a couple of few years ago now when um, I was you know I was traveling around internationally doing a lot of work um, uh, our, 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 one of our programs got picked up by uh, the Coveys, David Covey, son of Stephen Covey mm -hmm. from Seven Habits fame. And so I was doing a lot of traveling, uh, um, teaching it internationally, but I wasn't living the principles that I was mm. teaching. So, you know, call it builder syndrome, the builder who fixes everybody else's house, yeah, not their own. Gotcha. So the kind of the hypocrisy uh, got to me uh, in probably about it was October 2015. And I was just kind of, I did the Hawaiian Improv Festival and I was sitting and we finished that. My wife and I went to um, uh, Maui, we were sitting on the beach and it was just kind of like, oh, the pain, the gap between knowing and doing mm. was so big for me uh, that I had to take some action. So I took, uh, I just made um, 
created these little rituals that I've stuck to and I haven't missed them daily since then. So right. we're talking about, you know, three and a bit years of just, you know, one was 30 minutes of exercise minimum a day, one was meditating every day and one was journaling every night. And so I've done those, they're, they're kind of my rituals, they're just a part of me now. So so someone listening now, right, they're like, does 30 minutes mean you're going and, you know, achieving your thing on the treadmill or so is, it, is it a walk? It was just walking. To start with, this right. is the, this was the embarrassing thing, this is the blow to the ego, right, because yeah. it was, um, you know, someone who got who three black belts and all that kind of stuff and then go, I'm so unfit. <laughs> so I'm actually, I was like 17 kilos heavier than I am now. Wow. Yeah, so it was kind of like, it took seven months to lose that, but that, I, it was just walking 30 minutes. Uh, and then this is kind of my go-to now. It's my staple of just doing the 30 minutes. So, Well, that's cool yeah. that you say that because I sometimes feel like, you know, they say go to the gym, but that requires a membership. That requires some shoes. That mm-hmm. requires a transport to get there. And we don't all have that or have the willingness to do that. But a walk, for example, you can just oh, build that into your day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, this is the thing. You know, the, the message that, that I share is that if you're not making time for wellness, you've got to start making time for illness. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's just, you know, you go, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. You see people who are out of shape. You're kind of like, well, if you're not going to make time, mate, you get ready for the heart attack. You're going to start making time for the doctor's appointments, the oncology visits, because you've got to look after yourself. While we have this mind that can take us to the future and the past, um, our body is in the present. Mm. Our body is here now. It's a oxygen-breathing, blood-pumping um, organism that needs to be looked after. I'm so worried about that. And I'm worried, but what am I, 38? So just to quickly offload onto you because that's what I do with guest sick <laughs> now you're here and we're recording um, is that why you handcuffed my that's uh, pretty much no I was brought up as the eater right so right. I come from that Rarotongan family and they saw some natural ability to eat and let's let's make him the world's best eater uh, what that was it's good l- to have a skill yeah it's, it's a really good one <laughs> except when you get a bit older and you know you can't kind of lose the weight and stuff like that or without you know running a lot and doing that stuff but then I did a bit of research when I say research googling I talked to Professor Grant Schofield about this high fat low carbohydrate right and what's interesting is he says it's good for you but don't like add a few chips in every now and then because then you're just doing back to the standard American diet you know right. the carbs yeah. high carbs high fat and so what ends up happening is you end up being in a slightly guilty state because every now and then you slip like we all do mm-hmm but I'm, I feel like the consequences are quite high because you're smashing all this fat and then all of a sudden you get this influx of carbohydrates and all of that stuff and I sometimes yearn for like a simple yeah a simple like one stop shop you know which is maybe yeah. not eating <laughs> that's going to work like fasting. Well, fasting for certain maybe certain hours but, true, yeah, true. But, um, <laughs> yeah look my, my foot I mean I've, I've spent years going and looking for tools because mm-hmm. um, uh, and that's what I'm quite proud of you know David Covey called uh, could be like the how to guy because I was always like here's all the information great but what are you going to do with yeah. it and so that's just how my brain's wired I'm kind of almost like yeah so what okay mm-hmm. it's inf- good information but so what yeah. So where are the tools? You know, you read read all the self-help books and you kind of go, yes, I agree with what you're saying. And you look, well, where are the tools? Yeah. Like how? Yeah. So I, my foot is firmly in the camp of whatever works. Mm. Like if someone does the keto diet, Atkins diet, whatever, and it works for them, great. Mm. Um, if it works. If it's not working, um, change. Yeah. You have to have that agility, that ability to adapt if it's not working. So, But I like I like simple stuff. It's good, for me, it's got to be simple and effective. Yeah. And doing like a, you know, a diet isn't isn't simple for me. I don't mm. want to count calories. I don't want to see how many carbs I'm eating. So I lost 17 kilos in seven months, um, mainly, just, and, and I didn't feel like I went without at all. All I did was I started moving, and then I started just um, w- watching my portions. Mm. Yeah, and just cutting out some of the basic stuff like the bread, the pastas, and, yeah. and, and that kind of the starchy stuff, starchy carbs, and, and that was pretty much it. Mm. Man, that's good. That's good. I feel like uh, not that many people talk about that stuff, even though we all think about it. You know, I don't really hear that. That's well, why I was so keen to reach out to you, you know, oh, because cool. I, think, I think we know it. Mm. I mean, you know, this is not earth shattering. You know, no, eat, no. eat less, move more. Yeah. I mean, doctors have been saying that for a long <laughs> yeah. time, but there's, as you said, it's that gap between knowing and doing mm. and all I did was I just faced up to myself and kind of went right I've actually got to do what I know mm. uh, and not be the guy who's you know telling me what to do and then not doing it so to answer your question like you know is it hard to uh, live it's actually a, a privilege you know to teach the stuff as a constant reminder uh, to look into the mirror you know I got off almost I got off Facebook I got off um, Twitter so the only social media I have is uh, LinkedIn that's, mm. that's all I have yep. 
Um, <clears throat> I did for a year in 2016. I'd went back to a dumb phone, so I got rid of my smartphone. True. Just did a brick phone just to uh, manage my addiction to my device. Mm. Um, so I learned, you know, relearned habits, healthy habits around the technology because I was totally addicted to it. So um, that was a great way of breaking that, doing that for a year. And, and, you know, do people ask you how'd you do that? And is the answer you just do it? Like you got to, because you know, there's that thing of knowing and then doing, like we said before. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder why there's such a hurdle in our brain. Why does, when you talk, I'm like, that makes total sense. And then I'm like, no, you just brought the new iPhone. Don't, don't, you know? Well, awareness by itself can be curative, but you also have to be able to have the tools to manage, right? Right, so, right, right. Um, you know, we get, we get addicted to certain things. That technology is designed to be addictive. There's mm. a reason why you go back and check your Instagram posts, your Facebook, your emails, yeah? that you're getting that dopamine hit. Mm. That's your device to you is the same what a crack pipe is to a crack addict. Right. It's, it gives them, it's giving them that hit. Okay, let me run something past you. Uh, I don't know if you remember when you were speaking to us that morning, but I asked a question and um, I think I related something to smoking. Let me kind of phrase it again. Mm -hmm. I won't say theory, I say hypothesis. I got an idea that we had more things in our life that um, were not good for us, but gave us more micro breaks, right? So when you went for a durry, you actually had a break from work. Yeah. And... It was fun because you were getting your nicotine. It was fun because you were having these conversations and you'd have kind of weird and good conversations. Nicotine sharpens the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it gives you a focus. And so, okay, the bad bit is you get cancer. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge thing. And look, (laughs) I'm not advocating for ciggies. Imagine if it was this episode brought to you by, what, Benton and Hedges. (laughs) That's an old school one. did, Did you ever smoke? No. Okay. I, I, I think I've had like six cigarettes in my time. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. I was. I had a bad experience. I, right. I smoked and then had to run because this Ooh. guy went nuts and I couldn't, I just couldn't run. I was like 15. Mm. It's just like, I can't run. <laughs> you know, and I thought, I'm going to get killed because I can't <laughs> run. There's a guy with a spanner and he's chasing us and I can't run. Oh, no. So, <laughs> that'll, that'll sit that, there. That will help, yeah, that'll help yeah, you create that negative association. <laughs> I to, didn't have that. I, yeah. I, if anything, I can organize I, that for you if you <laughs> yeah, want. You know, that's what's going to happen. Run. Got a spanner? Yeah. <laughs> no, my first was I got a dopamine hit because we signed the back of a um, what is it like a bank teller check saying, "Hey, I'm at the I'm at the bank. Could you please give my son a pack of tens? Pour more." Right, and we got away with it. You know? Right, yeah. I'm sure they knew, but they wanted the two dollar fifty or whatever. So, yeah. in my mind, I was like, "Oh, Whoa. those are the days." Here we go. <laughs> yeah, two fifty <laughs> of anything. Um, first car, beach buggy. Really? Yeah. What was gas prices when you learned to Ooh. drive? I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember. I remember when I was a, uh, I was diesel, and it was something like thirty cents. Oh, no, I can't. It's like, I but it's all relative, right? Like that was heaps yeah. then. I remember getting a skateboard when I was like eight. It was worth fifty dollars. I remember thinking then, wow, you could buy it like a hundred of anything. Heaps, heaps of crunchy bars for that. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I probably did too. Um, so yeah, these micro breaks and and I was trying to think. Well, what have we replaced that with now? First of all, I'm pretty sure most people don't take breaks; they just eat in front yeah. of computers. Yeah, in front of computers, um, on the devices, yeah. all the time. You know, so I'm skeptical now of taking things. When we say we need to take these things away, what are we replacing it with? And I don't feel like that there's an, enough of a acknowledgement of if you just take things away. You know, like we took fat away from food. Okay, it tastes like crap. Right. So yeah. put sugar in it. And it yeah. ended up being worse for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I wonder if, the, you know, when we're saying, okay, smoking's bad, I get it. Maybe we should have said, take a hit of nicotine and still go outside. <laughs> I, th- I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, get your can- you're puffing your cancer stick. <laughs> yeah. I think it is. I think that, um, you know, we, we, we do need to take breaks. We do need mm. to, we need that downtime. Mm. And, and part of the, the, the downfall, the downside of technology is that it has sped life up so much that we are no longer yeah. um, equipped uh, biologically to live in the society that we live in. Mm. You know, we live in urban jungles. We're away from nature. Um, we stare at screens all day. We don't move. We have this obesity issue. Mm. Um, you know, depression is on the rise, not on the fall. And yet we've never been uh, wealthier as far as the society goes you know you're actually you're more likely to die of obesity than you are of starvation wow you know you're actually more likely to kill yourself than you are to be killed by somebody else that's the society we live in today mm. yeah and that is nuts is it how do I say it 
do you wish you are you happy you know this stuff like for many you just told us that fact and yep. life was kind of hard enough before knowing <laughs> you know what i mean that yeah. now well, that, they say ignorance is bliss right <laughs> yeah. so wow well, it's like well, yeah. seriously is it is i'm trying to work out is it what's yeah it's like you know there's i know there's philosophy and there's some themes that people say oh that's that and i'm like well what if we're all inbuilt with just a generic level of philosophy and we can all we're doing is confusing ourselves the more we learn and then the other side of me is like don't be stupid don't be stupid this is how bad ideas win because we don't well socrates said he's the smartest man because he knows nothing right (laughs) the more you learn stuff the more you kind of go i know nothing Mm. yeah so i I just i um so yeah i'm glad i'm doing this stuff yeah but i'm just learning It's, it's kind of um you know i i don't I'm living in, in the trenches of everybody else every day, just kind of doing the best I can, mm-hmm. trying to be a good dad, trying to be a good husband, mm-hmm. uh, trying to add value to what I do. Um, you know, we're all going to die, uh, and I just hope that I can make a contribution. Uh, so my, my purpose is to, uh, is to be ideally a good role model uh, as best as I can yep. uh, for my kids. And, um, and, and in, the, in the work that I do, just to help people um, – just get a little bit closer to themselves. Mm. You know, have the courage to be themselves. Yeah. I think it takes courage to be yourself in today's society. Yeah. There's so much conformity. Yeah, well, that's what inspired me when I first saw you was that you kind of referenced hypnosis, comedy, philosophy, and international travel. And I was like, shit, that's awesome. That's mm. like you can't help but like see things a certain way. You know, I looked in my life and I think how I look at the world was – you know, I was always able to see a difference because I grew up in half Cook Island, half Kiwi. Yeah. So one ate with hands, the other ate with knives and forks. And right. You, it's like it's not obvious, but there was a lot of difference I saw. So I could able to take that into my life and leverage off that. But yeah, I wonder if part of our um, thing now is we think we're getting this these trips and or, or um, you know this experience with looking online, but it kind of is a bit of a it's a trick you know you don't actually get it eh? like you going to japan you had to go there you had to experience yeah. it you had to feel yeah. what it was like to be the odd one out yeah exactly and yeah, those yeah. things well, i think that's something that the difference between understanding something cognitively and then to understand something holistically to know mm, it in your body mm, you know, that's the kind of the, the mind body mm, difference yeah you know? so, I mean, and uh, i mean yeah. if you went today if you were a young chap and went today maybe You'd be, uh, you know, Instagramming the whole thing, and who knows? You might could no. not, you might not feel like the odd one out because you could t- team up with other Instagrammers who are there or something like that, you know. So yeah, yeah, it could yeah, mm. it, would be, it would be a different experience. Yeah. I was in rural Japan in the nineties. Mm. Yeah, wow. so where, where there weren't many foreigners. You know, <laughs> from the day I arrived, the day I left, yeah. you know, people were just kind of like. Who's that guy? <laughs> Were they nice to you? Gaijin. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The Japanese are. Mm. You know, incredibly nice. So I had, um, you know, I'd be standing at traffic lights and, you know, I'd have people come up and just touching the hair on my arms because it's just white. It's just kind of like, <laughs> this guy is white. Yeah. And I'm whiter than most, yeah. right? So who's this translucent ghost walking in my <laughs> yeah. village, you know? So um, definitely stood out. But mm. uh, yeah, but that just shaped me as far as being able to see from a different point of view. You know, understanding that diversity. What it really did was, because I sound so stupid saying this, but when I got there and I listened to um, Japanese music and Japanese TV, and it was kind of like, um, wow, they have their own TV and I and their own music. And because New Zealand, we had so much American and English music and TV back in the nineties. It's like, where's our music? Where's where's our TV shows? We, we had that whole cultural cringe. Um, but also, I understood what it's like um, if you're an indigenous culture, you know, Maori in New Zealand, that the desire to have your own language and culture and food and, and people, because you know, you, when you're living um, and you get assimilated, um, you also want to hold on to that part of you yeah yeah so i could understand why you know you know the, the need for today you know i'm a big supporter of today in school mm. i just think people go oh what's the value it's like well, it's not it's not meant to be a monetary value it's a cultural identity mm. um social value of living today yeah exactly yeah. it's interesting too with that because every kiwi you meet overseas is so proud to do the haka yeah in front yeah. of others I, I i tell the story you know the 2011 um uh, oh, living in japan i had to do the haka all the, all the time <laughs> yeah, right awesome. um because uh, kamate sounds like their phrase gambate which means to do your best you know? so <laughs> yeah. they would, you know, in fact there was an All Blacks ad back in the 90s oh, for really? batteries that, that <laughs> they did that um, but you know I always think of the 2011 um, Rugby World Cup and you had that opening ceremony and I think if you took out all the references 
uh, to Maori culture, you'd yeah. be left with a couple of dancing cranes. It was just, <laughs> you know, it was just yeah. like, that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, I learned recently it's, it's the official language or one of the official languages, you know, Today, New Zealand, yeah. yeah and, and New Zealand sign language. Yeah. 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 I mean, my, my kids and, you know, I'm married Park Air, and, but our kids have, our children have two middle, um, their middle names are Maori names, mm. uh, simply because it's their kind of anchor mm. uh, in, in the big global village we live in now. It's kind of their anchor. You know, that global village. There's a bit of fear rolling around, and I think part of it is, you know, just um, there's some scary things happening. You know, if you look at global warming and those type of things, mm. uh, I'm, I'm wondering if people are feeling the the need to kind of go back to safe zones. Meaning, I'm just my culture, and I'm not going to do any exploring. I'm just going to hang over here with my peeps. Um, I don't know. Is that is that kind of a good thing? I kind of felt like the Western world. What rabbit hole am I opening up here? Overall, tried to make you an individual so you could represent yourself in any environment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think so. If I look at um, the difference between East and Western thought, mm. generally speaking, as Westerners, we like to reduce things down into boxes. So we'll sit. So we'll sit further on the South continuum, and we're say like Maori culture, Pacific Island culture, Asian culture. Sit more around the belonging. Yeah. Yep. So the, you know the you understand who you are uh, by how you fit in, in in the group. Whereas Western culture, we raise our children to be as independent as quickly as possible. Yep. So if you think of the South belonging continuum, Western is generally more down that way. Uh, but we also break it down to boxes. So I, mean, I was you know I've worked in China, Japan, Singapore, uh, Malaysia. Um, and you can't talk about work-life balance over there because mm. they never separate work from life. Right. Whereas, you know, in the West we do. We separate work from life. You know, it's very dualistic. You're guilty, not guilty. It's mm. black, it's white. It's mm. mind, it's body. It's, you know, work, it's life. We separate all this stuff. Whereas I think they have more of the ability to deal with the ambiguity. So I make, I make the joke that only a Westerner would create Maslow's hierarchy of needs where it's a hierarchy you can't have one without the other and whereas you know in the eastern culture you've got the yin and the yang mm. you know you can't have one you've got black and the white white and the black you can't have one without the other so there's too much either or I think right. you say, oh, is it a bad thing that we all come together yeah. like, you know, come back to ourselves and, and, and separate from the world can't we do that and be a part of the world as well yeah. can't you celebrate your own culture and be a part of the wider one well, the, well? I, like that's the New Zealand I think I'm in Mm-hmm. You know, it's the only one I've experienced, but I don't know what comes into that. Maybe it's through my male eyes or my Pacifica lens or something. But I, you know, I, I think uh, back to my mum telling me stories about the grandparents coming and and they came because they thought they were building a better life. You know, yeah. it was um, huge sacrifice. Like I was blown away when she said they five kids had to come in chunks. Right. Like they couldn't even all come together. Yeah. Because the youngest came and then the older ones worked so the next one could come. Right. And every now and then someone would come, but it wasn't the kid. It was like a friend or an auntie or a cousin. It was like far out. That's like now we would have massive issues with that stuff. And I'm sure they had massive issues then, but they just kind of got on with it. But I think they thought they were all doing, um, you know, bettering the future. and, And it kind of worked. We're like, lots of people are happy you know but it doesn't feel that way sometimes eh? it feels like it's like opportunity brings something else you know like um, yeah I don't know if I'm really explaining myself right but anyway well I think well I think I think Save me, Wade. Save. No, I'm just. I'm just thinking that we we think every generation has its unique struggles, but I think every generation has those struggles. I really don't think we're any different from 2,000 years ago. Kind of going, what is the meaning of life? That's just the human condition. It's just our um, the the big questions we have to answer, Mm. and we're all just doing a little bit um, to try and find that to try and find that answer. Well, that's you know, I said to you the three points that I heard you say. And I hope I'm not kind of ripping into your IP, but it's, it's something around, uh, you know, having variety in your life. Um, I thought you said have, have enough sleep, but you were saying eat properly. Uh, exercise. So the three, the exercise. three, in order, if you want to, the number yeah. one thing for, for, happy, for your happiness is that quality relationship. So it doesn't have to be um, sexual, right? mm. but it has to be intimate. It has to be something, if, if, you, if you get in trouble at 3 a.m., who are you going to call? Yep. Not Ghostbusters, <laughs> but who are you going to call to get you out of trouble? Mm. Um, and then, it is, yeah, then it's exercise, because yep. that's the mind-body. You know? mm. This is the thing, we talk about um, 
um, you know, I had a, a friend uh, who had cancer. He survived, uh, and he's talking about he's uh, talking to the oncologist. And he's talking about what about any kind of you know meditation things like that, and you know things to do with the mind. The, and, and the oncologist is like, oh yeah, just do whatever. All, all we're doing is we're just going to nuke that sucker. Yeah. You know? So he's just dealing purely at a, like a mechanic yeah. would for a, an engine part in a car. Um, so the exercise, but if you exercise. Um, you know, it's it's good for the mind. That's why if you're clinically depressed, the first thing they'll often tell you is um, go exercise. Yeah. It's not because they want you to look buff because you're depressed, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like it's actually, you know, they want you to uh, improve the workings of the mind. Uh, and then so it's exercise. And the third thing is that variety. Mm. Yeah. When you said those things, I wondered to myself if that's the true meaning of privilege. You know, like um, variety, for example, is something that you're offered, eh? You know, uh, what are we? No, I mean, it's more of a question. I was thinking, I have a lot of variety in my life, mm-hmm. and I think my parents tried to design it that way that I didn't have to be this when I was a certain age. You know, I could, I could, yeah. well, I could go on that dole, you know, because I went on there, you know, for a number of times. Yeah. Um, well, I, think, I think the variety is because um, it doesn't have to be, it could be a variety of location, it could be a variety right. of activities, right. um, it could be a variety of social circles. It's just, you just, if you just get stuck in a rut and you're no longer growing, you will die. We just have to look at nature. Mm. It doesn't grow and nature becomes extinct. Mm. Yeah. So you just, that variety is what st- stimulates growth for you. So that's kind of, that's like the essence of creativity is to, is to be growing. Mm. Yeah. So that's what, the, that's what the variety is really about. It's about growth. Um, whereas exercise is looking after this, you know, looking after the, the shell we have, the body mm. we have, uh, the only one we're given. And, uh, and, that, and that connection is about, um, for me, if I define spirituality, for me, it's purely about connection. Yeah. yeah. So imp- improvisation is my spiritual practice. Mm. I don't go to church. I do improv uh, because that's where I get to connect. Right. Yeah. So if I, I, I meditate, but that's about, me connecting with myself mm. whereas improv me connecting here with you right. in this moment we're improvising right now yeah, yeah. you don't know what you're going to say next right. I don't know what I'm going to say next mm. but we're in this moment we're connected and this is for me like a spiritual practice this is mm. in that moment and the cool thing with improv is um, you know others get to enjoy it as well yeah yeah, yeah. so that's kind of like I reckon uh, if religion <laughs> how do I say it if it's all real that would have been the plan you know to like have these mini churches where you offer your little thing and get people together. Yeah, and, and, and you know, religion can offer that, that yeah. people can come together. And so it's all about getting connected to something bigger than yourself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. For some yeah. people, spending two hours in the garden on a weekend is their spiritual practice. Mm. You know? It's something where it's bigger than you. Mm. And we all have that fundamental so need to connect to something bigger than ourselves. Man, it just makes sense. And I think, well, I forget it. And when I say we, I mean, the you know, the audience, we get caught in that, Grind. You get caught in the traffic and the work, and hmm. I'm constantly talking about it because it makes you think weird things. It makes you forget about that, the basic stuff, you know. Like, I just really think it's important that, you know, just even those three things you laid out, just try and get that bloody walk in, eh? Yeah. Try and get that yeah. walk in, and it's, it's you. It's also, it's not just the walk, you're thinking about stuff. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, that's right. It's, mm. it's good for, you know, if you're working on, you know, if you're thinking of a strategy or mm. whatever it may be, or something that you want to manifest or whatever, whatever it might be. That, Going for a walk is a mm. good way of doing it. Uh, you did a bit of hypnotism, is that, is that right? Yeah, clinical, cl- cl- clinical hypnotherapist. Yeah. So, is it magic? Like, what's happening? <laughs> no, it's so misunderstood. <laughs> this is this is you know because um, the whole thing, like a stage hypnotist, it's all it's all designed around mystique. Yeah, so that's why it's really misunderstood. Right, right. It's just um, it, for me, it's even a, a quicker form of getting in, into an altered state of consciousness mm. than say meditation right. um, so you know and all hypnotism is guided self-hypnosis I can't hypnotize you I just guide you to hypnotize yourself right. but all it really is is it gets you into our brainwaves into an alpha state mm-hmm. so a nice relaxed state uh, it bypasses the critical faculty so that's your conscious mind that's talking and it doesn't go to sleep you just, mm-hmm. it just takes a back seat and it allows you to access um, the, the processes what we call you know in the, in the unconscious mind okay did you just hypnotize me with that yeah, that thing? Was, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and you're back and where did I go <laughs> I was chasing you with a crowbar or whatever yeah. it was yeah um, so, that's, so, that's, yeah. so that's that it's just, it's just getting to reprogram because mm. because our, our neocortex the rational part of our brain isn't fully developed until you're 24 right so all our issues all the baggage that we carry is all done in our childhood yeah right you know if you have a teacher who tells you you can't draw you know good at art and you hear that from an authority figure you take that on as a belief mm. 
you now have that limiting belief that you can't draw. You're no good at art. Or if you have a pair, if you grow up in a in a, in a household where your parents is, um, you know, uh, you're, you don't deserve good things. You don't deserve good things, and then you become an adult, and then you go for a job promotion, and you sabotage it because you've got that unconscious belief that oh, I don't deserve good things, mm. and you can't have cognitive dissonance. You can't achieve a good thing, and then but believe you don't deserve it. Gotcha. So, uh, as a hypnotherapist, we just clear up all those unhealthy. Mm. Um, do you offer all systems. of those services? Like, have you just got a warehouse yeah. where you're like, what do you need? Uh, <laughs> I can make you laugh, yeah, cry. Yeah. So, so uh, a lot of my a lot of my therapy work is, is now done. I had a clinic, so I was doing clinical work, but now a lot of my therapy work is done in the guise of coaching. Mm, right. Yeah. So you're just kind of getting all of these tool sets together and yeah, using I have a, it. I've just spent two decades of just going and trying and getting as many different tools uh, as I can. Uh, and not falling in love with the tools as much as the principles that are underneath it. Um, One thing I'm experiencing at the moment when I have a lot of these conversations is uh, kind of thinking about different ideas and I take them home, right? And I talked about them with my family and stuff and I realized because I'm spending hours thinking about things and dabbling with people into different ideas, everyone else is not up to speed with what I'm talking about and I wonder like does that ever enter into your life where you have to kind of turn off things sometimes and just kind of get back to basics like my kids aren't always interested in the fact that I can live stream from a laptop or, <laughs> or like have yeah. you heard about you know these th- three things that can like make you happy you know they just right. yeah. want to I don't know get back to what they're doing Is it, it's frustrating for me sometimes and I wonder you know if you're like to your partner how hey, I could hypnotize you and sort that out She's like, just no. You, know. you, you never hypnotize someone who's close to you, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, for the, that's for not what Darren Brown those, says. Yeah, well, does he say that? Oh no, no. He, he says you should. Well, or? he was talking about a time where um, someone ran up to him to beat him up, and he like gave them a suggestion that. I think he said something. He shocked them, and like, then said, "Your feet can't confu- confusion." Something like yeah, that. yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I, I was a when I came back from Japan, I was a bouncer at a nightclub right. going through university, yeah. and um, confusion can work very well with people who are in an altered state, whether they're aggressive or drunk. Right. And I had a guy who threatened me. Um, he said, "Was he? he said, I'm, I'm going to crush your windpipe." He'd been kicked out by another bouncer. Mm. He came up to me. He said, "I'm going to." crush your windpipe and I just said to him you don't even know where my car's parked <laughs> and he just kind of looked, he just went like <laughs> and kind of just walked away yeah. so the aggression totally melted he walked away and then about like 20 minutes later he called out from across the street I don't know I don't need to know where your car's parked <laughs> yeah. and then just walked away wow so, I wonder know. if that could can, can it work with your boss <laughs> you know, when they're like uh, well you just haven't really met that deadline yeah. I don't know what color the sky is tomorrow <laughs> nah. you're fired yeah. if, if he or she is drunk yeah. uh, that may work but yeah yeah probably not that's yeah. hilarious or if they got you know if they got a newborn and they're sleep deprived maybe yeah. it might work well you know talking sleep deprivation we've got a one-year-old and i sit there and i probably overanalyze most things but i'm like you said sleep's important when i heard you talk yes so why would nature provide a baby that doesn't let you sleep? <laughs> and I, 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 all my colleagues, I'm like, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him right. because it seems to me that everything asks for variety, variety in eating, variety in relationships, variety in sleep. Why depends. not? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But you were like pretty adamant when I heard you talk. Like you got to mm. get your sleep in yeah. because if you don't, it's a you know. But I had a se- I had a session yesterday, and uh, they've got a two year old, and he was asking the same question, and uh, I just he's talking about the, the sleep patterns and our circadian rhythm and the eight hour myth you know we've got to get sleep in 90 minute cycles True. and um, he said so what about what about me and I said well you're two year old mate just forget about the sleep cycles <laughs> the next couple of years and you'll be fine <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, a, there's an age and stage uh, a bit like you know you're talking to your children I don't try and talk this stuff to my kids in this mm. way because uh, they're not at the age um, just like if I'm you know I mentor a 23 year old um, I wouldn't tell him that success in life isn't you know having a nice car and owning your own home and that kind of stuff because that's what he's grown up on. Yeah. Just like if I'm doing martial arts, I wouldn't get an 80-year-old to do 100 press-ups on his knuckles. So there's an age and stage as we go through. Um, so you know, right now, one, you know, one hour. Uh, if you've got a one-year, was one-year-old, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe a definition of success is just to get some sleep. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. just, just got to lower. You got to lower the um, the expectations sometimes. Mm. I have a lovely tool I call Ish. You know, so I, I talk about you know you want to be you want to be uh, consistent and 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 cons- um, constant ish. 
sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just ish it. You know, it goes back That's to the diet. You know, awesome. so people do you, you, you do you're really good for five days. You have a blowout on a diet or sleep or whatever it may be, mm. and you kind of go, ah, oh, it's all it's all done. I'm, yeah. all, I'm over it. Yeah, make that your ish day. Mm. That was where you were kind of consistent ish. Yeah, and you kind of so don't throw away those five days because of the one. And most a lot of people do that. They mm. kind of do a really good, uh, you know, put a good effort in. They have it. They hit the speed bump and they throw it all away. Yeah. Uh, the joy of being a human is that every morning you wake up, you get to make a new choice. Mm. And, and choice is something and you know, ties in with responsibility and accountability is something I'm really big on. Mm. It's kind of, you, know, you, you get to choose. And so often we give our power away to other people. You know, like you piss me off and you upset mm. me and you annoy me. And it's about how do you claim that power back so you get to make the choices. Mm. Uh, focus on what you can control, what, what you can't. Yeah. Let, let that go. A lot of people right now digging what you're saying, including, you know, this guy right here. Uh, do you? I know you've got an app. Yeah. Does this yeah. stuff kind of can we can we get that app and? No, um, it's purely for my own personal. Okay. Use. Just app for yourself. <laughs> it's got photos of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Photoshopped heads yeah. on Avengers and stuff All like of that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But will your app cover what you're talking about? The app covers. It's a resilience app. Mm. So it's resilience and mental strength. So it, it, it covers things. That there's all sorts of things on there. There's hypnotherapy for mm. for stop smoking. Okay. Um, so there's there's things in there for um, uh, emotional agility. There's things in there for being present, which is is my take on being mindful. Mm. You know, mindfulness is very popular at the moment. Mindfulness meditation is popular, but some people just it just it doesn't work for some people. Yeah. And I think if that's the only tool you're preaching, you need some other tools in your toolkit because mm. you've got to find what works for different people. Uh, people, I've had so many people say, "Oh, I don't like mindfulness." Uh, they probably misunderstand it. Mm. Most people think it's about clearing the mind as opposed to say focusing the mind or just yeah. observing the mind. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? But um, you got to find what works for people. So my thing is like, you know, c- can I make sure that I've got a lot of tools? Um, uh, make sure that it's not so much about the resistant learner, but make sure I'm not being an inflexible teacher. Mm. Make sure I've got enough tools there to give different people because different tools will switch on different things for different people mm. so the app is yeah it's, it's available in the, all the app stores it's Mind Dojo cool. Dojo being you know training hall and martial arts so yep. it's where you get to because you can cultivate resilience mm. we come genetically predisposed with a certain amount but we can increase it just like our happiness level we come with a predisposed you know, certain genetic level this is my happiness level yeah. but we can increase it mm-hmm. so um, yeah, you can definitely build the resilience and the app is a whole bunch of different tools so it's got some mindfulness it's got some meditation it's got compassionate imagery it's got body awareness exercise it's got some CBT cognitive behavioral therapy tools it's got a whole bunch of different tools wow. Any podcast? That, do you do a podcast? I don't do a podcast, no. Oh, come on, man. Need you in that traffic in the morning. Oh, There's nice. hundreds of thousands of us. Who <laughs> just a bit of a, like I think about it like a warrant of fitness, you know? Because I think a lot of people kind of got their shit together. They get up, they go, they do it. Yeah. And it just wouldn't take that much more. Like I leave these conversations pumped and incorporate different things. And I'm like, why does it have to be around... Why do you have to know, you know? And I guess, well, because you got to know. you got to, like, work out how to find your way into people's lives. And, um, yeah, I reckon that kind of audio, you getting some of those, not me butchering your three tips to, like, 50 people. <laughs> I'd rather just put them onto your podcast. And, yeah. Um, well, maybe something. Well, I kind of, I'm kind of old school. I like to do a lot of research mm. and I like to think and then I like to write. So it's kind of my my thing. So I like to be kind yeah. of um, – you know, it's, it's the opposite of my improv where I just get up and make True. stuff up on the spot. But yeah. uh, with my with my work, I guess I like to um, uh, make sure that it's thorough. Mm. And so just riffing uh, when you're dealing with stuff around that, I like to like to have it based in science. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So. Everything's the opposite to my podcast, but <laughs> yeah. it's good. We can uh, work out a, a get a sponsor and we can pay you to come in every now and then do, <laughs> do your thing. Um, you mentioned yin and yang before. Yeah. Um, am I correct in thinking that you know there's the black and the white? Yes. And then there's the opposite black and the whites within. Yeah, so you've got, you've got the, the, the yin yang symbol, the Tao, is, mm. is, is you've got the little black circle inside um, the white one and the little white circle inside the the black side. And it just kind of, it's, it's continuous too because as you see, if you look at the symbol, you know how it goes like smaller and then gets bigger. Yep. So if you go too far one way, it goes back into mm. the next way. So it's continuous in that way. But it just shows you, it shows the, the kind of the dualities that you know there is light and dark uh, there is happy times and there is sad times yep. uh, all that kind of stuff so it shows the power of the dualities and do you think part of our issue in this modern world is we don't want to acknowledge i definitely think this is the way it is online we all act like we don't have a dark side 
that we don't have whatever's in us that has those silly thoughts you right. know? Yeah. and I wonder if you don't find a way just to kind of tell yourself it's okay sometimes to have not always perfect thoughts those just kind oh, of I, yeah look I, this is a big thing for me to talk about the resilience side of things mm. I think we live in a society that's actually quite dangerous where you've got to be happy all the time <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think this is, this is a, a contribution to our mental health statistics because there are people probably on antidepressants who aren't actually depressed mm. uh, but they're just feeling down and unhappy. I, I was like, in, um, I saw an article, uh, and that doesn't say that there isn't a thing of depression. Of right, course right, there right, is. Right. But there are just people who are lacking a purpose in life. They're, they're struggling with it, and that's why they're feeling depressed. Um, but people are like, there was a thing with uh, in the newspaper with Richie McCaw, and he talked about how um, he talked about how he thought if he didn't win the Rugby World Cup in 2011, it'd be his last game as All Black captain. Mm. And he and, and he says in the article himself, it's like I had that thought. I thought that's not helping, so I got rid of it. But the headline screams: Richie McCaw facing his mental demons and all this kind of stuff. And it's like no, he just had a negative thought and went, no, you're out. <laughs> right? So it's not him facing his mental demons. We're allowed mm. to have negative thoughts. We're allowed to be unhappy. We're allowed to be pissed off. We're allowed to be frustrated. These aren't negative emotions. It's part of the human experience. So it's really dangerous to kind of go, you can't think negative thoughts. You can't control your thoughts. Mm. They just come or they go. The thing is not to get attached to them. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and to be able to let them go, the only negative emotion is a stuck one. And if I get angry at someone, it's probably because, you know, they've violated one of my values, you know. Don't talk to your mother like that, mm. you know. They're there. You viol- my children has violated the value of respect. Mm. Therefore, I'm going to get angry at my child. Yeah. Or someone cuts me off in traffic. You, hey, I've been waiting in here or cuts you in the, in the supermarket. Mm. You know, they cut him with their trolley. Yeah. Fairness gets violated. Right. Get to the back, buddy. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting here like everybody else. Yeah. So that's where anger comes from. Yeah, or, or you're trying to achieve a goal when someone gets in your way, you can get angry at it. It's mm. just feedback. Emotions are, tell us how to move forward. So, but we have this whole thing around you can't have a negative thought. You can't. These emotions are bad. You've got to be happy all the time. Mm. And and we use social media as the facade. We put up all this happiness, and it's just BS. Yeah. It's just like you're actually allowed to be sad. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be down. You're allowed to kind of have those doubts. That's okay. You just don't want to be stuck there. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I had a friend who had a relationship breakup and it wasn't his choice, right? And and he went to the doctor and he came back and he said, oh, yeah, put, me on, put me on antidepressants, I'm depressed. I'm like, dude, you're grieving. Mm. You're allowed to be you're allowed to be sad. Mm. You know, we, we can't pathologize sadness. You're allowed to be sad. Yeah. You know, and I just think it's dangerous in society where we kind of go, no, you've got to be happy. Yeah, man. And I think you gotta hear people say that, eh? Like we we we're kind of built with mouths to talk and I like that you say it out loud and I just I don't think I, I don't hear it that often but it just sounds really uh, logical when you say that because if you say that you give yourself permission to go go through that moment mm. and you don't, also don't feel too guilty for having that floating thought that goes in and out and like you say if you also give yourself permission not to be attached to everything in your brain because if you don't think that or sorry if you don't hear that it's okay to not get attached you think you're it's in your brain for a reason. Yeah. And then you yeah. try and attach to it. Eh? Well, you think, you think you're, oh, there's something wrong with me. It's what yeah. you end up thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, and, and oh, everyone else is, you know, I'm here about depression, so I must be depressed. Mm. No, you're just really sad because of this thing that happened to you or whatever it may be. You missed yeah. out on that promotion or mm. that. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying depression, depression is a different thing. Yeah, right? yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. that is there. Yeah. But I think we just kind of, we, we paint sadness, we pathologize sadness, we make mm. it to be like this bad thing. Mm. Uh, and grief and it's it's just not yeah, it's, a hum- it's a human condition right we uh, it's a human condition it's a funny condition because it feels like there's a plan and then at times it, but there's not but it balances out it's the yin and the yang it's, yeah. the, it's the you know grief and sadness is the is the yin to the happiness yeah. of, of yang right mm. you can, and this is this is the tragic thing with suicide is that it's a, such a final act for something that's temporary but we just you know people just can't see it mm. uh, that's what makes it so bloody tragic but you know the good times aren't going to last there's going to be some sad times and the sad times aren't going to last there's going to be some good times mm. and this is the, the ebb and flow of life I, I mean you've got to be super gentle going into that topic but do you spend a bit of time thinking about suicide uh, um, just in terms of like what personally what the, what, or? Uh, no no no, no, no. <laughs> no sorry. sorry I'll cut to your camera do you uh, no more like like what the f- is going on when uh, look, I, 
Um, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I just, it's just, um, I read an article of a, of a farmer who committed suicide earlier this year, and I could just see, just from reading the article, and look, it's just from reading the paper, yeah. but it just seemed to me that he, he was so fixed on his identity that to get help was, was a sign of weakness. Right. He had, it sounded like everybody did everything right. You know, he, had, he was in financial trouble, and the commu- not just his family, but the community came around to support him, and he still took his own life. And that's because he's, he seems to have invested, like, if I get help, I've failed, and he'd rather end his own life than change his identity. Mm. And it's just what? Mm. Uh, that's what's sad. You know, we get fixed into this identity of who we are, and anything else is a, is a failure. And I can't live with that failure. Mm. Um, so it is. It's it's that it's that rigidity. You think this is who I am of, of my of your set identity? Right, right, okay, and yeah, so for that, for that particular case, and obviously it's like a conglomerate of things, and yeah, so the more people try and pin it down, it's well. Again, this comes down to that Western thing of putting things into boxes. Yeah. What's the cause of suicide? Oh, it's yeah, yeah. multifactorial. It's not yeah. just one thing. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm no expert in that space at all, um, so I'm a little bit nervous, you know, going of in course, there. But it's just, not, uh, but it's just, I mean, it comes to if I put my health science hat on. It's mm. the causes of you know why people smoke. I've worked with a lot of people, you know, wanting to stop smoking using hypnotherapy and I don't think I've ever had the same reason twice you know it's always made up of different reasons so uh, we are individuals so um, why one person does it to another person different different Mm -hmm. reasons we can't kind of put it down to this is the one reason for depression this is the one reason for suicide this is the one reason for this this is the one key to happiness Mm. you know there's, there's lots of different factors that make up those things yeah uh, well thank you for kind of you know acknowledging the fact that you know you've got to be careful talking about that stuff because also what happens in our culture now is you know we'll isolate that clip and all of a sudden this person says that about that and it's like well what if you're just talking and you're just recording the conversation we're just having a chat no, i'm know? just sprouting an opinion yeah yeah and yeah. it kind of <laughs> i guess the higher up the food chain you get the more that opinion matters but i kind of like the idea that it's okay to acknowledge that we don't know either. It's it's for me what you're saying about being sad. Having to always know grates you, you know? And I mean, to yeah. your kids, it's probably all right to pretend you know, but sometimes the most powerful moments is, I don't know, but we'll find that out together or something like that. You well, with your kids, it's usually because I said so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I yeah. said so. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole other podcast yeah. about parenting coming because... <laughs> It's a it's a tricky one. My big issue at the moment is I'm around a lot. My dad was working and pig hunting and doing right. all that stuff, so he gave me really awesome time, but short. Yeah. Now I'm just around and I'm like, mm. they just get an okay version of me the right. entire time, right. you know? Yeah. But I'm around a lot, and for some reason we think that's awesome. Um, Wade, where can people kind of follow your journey if they want to pick up on anything you've talked about or or go further for the companies and businesses who want to get you to do your thing for them? Uh, well, I have written a couple of books. Mm-hmm. So I've got Jolt Challenge, um, which is all available through my website, yep. uh, inspiredlearning.global. Cool. Um, we just you know, find me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, Stories at Work is my other book, and I'm, and I'm writing another book at the moment. Awesome. Uh, the Mind Dojo book is actually cool. uh, coming either later this year or probably early next year yeah Yeah, so in the middle of writing that awesome man and final question I ask everyone is do you have a moment in your life that uh, well I call it it blew your mind that it I guess what I mean is you woke up a different person or you could not see the world a different way after learning or, or, or seeing something. Do you have a... Yeah, uh, lots, lots of those moments. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. my father died when I was 20. Uh, that, that kind of blew my mind as far as um, shaped who I am today. Mm. Um, the time in Japan was obviously life-changing in a massive way, getting involved into the martial arts. Um, the, the, what I mentioned before about the auditioning for Whose Line Is It Anyway, just mm-hmm. realizing that um, you know, we had some talent and, and that started me on the improv journey because I wasn't just doing improv then, I was doing stand-up and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, I would have been the busiest unemployed person you knew. <laughs> um, and yeah, so lots of those kind of, you know, so, so there's some of the big uh, mm. moments, um, uh, getting the Joel Challenge book published and, and so forth forth and just all the cool teachers that I've been the cool mm. people that I've, I get to meet well it's certainly what I've picked up is you're constantly trying to blow your mind so you can learn from that and re-put it back together and offer that in a different way it's I mean it's kind of what I'm trying to do here you know like it's frustrating because every preconception I have just keeps getting like like putting people in boxes I'm amazing at it Right. I tried to do it yeah. to Nano Girl the whole time. She's like, I hate when people ask me that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll learn from it, you right. know. But it's good. Yeah, well, the th- you know, if you want to blow your mind, the, re- the key thing to is think of is remember that mind is not 
a noun it's a verb mm. yeah mind is not mind is a process it's not like it's not you know it, it it passes through the brain but it's not in the brain our our body is our mind as well wow that's, that's why my research was mind body one word gotcha mind body health because it's not it's not something separate to the rest of us please blow my mind body yeah, please let my mind body. Be yeah. The yeah. It just doesn't roll off the tongue yeah. the same. You know? And we think it we think it's located in the brain, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a process. It's not even it's not even a noun, it's a verb, so it's a it's a doing thing. Wow. So we do a lot of that, don't we? The nullification. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Calling things thing yeah. Like oh. it's a like like it's a an object. Yeah, so we do things like leadership. Yeah, leadership's a noun. No, it's a verb. Mm. Um, creativity's a big one. You know, but you could even you can you know, depression. It's not something that you have; it's something that you're doing. Yeah? So these are these are verbs. Yeah. You know? Wow, so. that's mind blowing. Because now, what do we do with that? Well, you explore and research more and read your books, and uh, yeah, you're basically going to save everyone, right? <laughs> okay. okay. If I can save myself first, that'd be yeah, great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, you got some comedy stuff going on. I don't know. This might be uh, it might be done. We've got a whole bunch of shows. Yeah, um, yeah we've got the Improv Bandits this week, uh, depending on when this comes out. Uh, we've got the best is to go to covert, covertheatre.com because yeah. we've got um, uh, Instant Broadway Improvised Musical show from running from the 14th, 20, well, 14th to the 18th of May at the Herald Theatre. Yep. And then we've got uh, Bar's Tale, which is our Improvised Shakespeare show from the 20th. 1st to 24th of May and also doing I'm doing a two person show which I'm just in love with this is called Traffic Jam so it's uh, me and Darcy Murray from C-Suite cool. um, which is our, our all female troupe and we just the two of us are stuck in a traffic jam we sit there for an hour and with absolutely nothing make up the show it's basically a podcast yeah this is yeah. what this happened right now <laughs> yeah awesome well man i want to thank you for joining me on the podcast for saying yes to doing it um it was a nice buzz when you came back yeah sure let's do it and i was like wow i told everyone 60 people at work see told you he'd do it you know, <laughs> ask and you shall receive um thanks again brother and Pleasure. we'll catch up next time cool thank you